Can you hear me okay? Uh, we did, I decided I didn't want us to be in the other county when, on Wednesday night when we have our worship services, so wanted to move back close to y'all. It looks a lot better from here uh, than it does up there on Wednesday night. I can see uh, your faces much, much clearer. And it's so good to see uh, all of you here tonight. If uh, our microphone uh, system here is not loud enough, I'll make other arrangements next time, but hopefully... Uh, you'll be able to hear and make things out. It's good to see everyone. We are thankful for your presence. Uh, we do have guests tonight. We have visitors, and we are always uh, honored to welcome our guests. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, uh, we don't have a bulletin this week, but there are some things that uh, I want to update uh, for your hearing tonight. Uh, Randy Stutz uh, went to UAB yesterday, and uh, he is going to have surgery. They're just waiting for the scheduler to call him and get that time set up. But things are looking good for him, and we're thankful for that. We also want to remember uh, Gabe George, uh, Abby's brother, also uh, Jeremy Owens. Let's remember him in our prayers as he recovers. Uh, Sunday, this coming Lord's Day, is the last day to get your photo updated for the new church directory. So if you want to uh, plan on doing that, if you haven't done so, you can get out your special clothes or whatever you want to wear and come get your picture made. Also, several of our number are going to be at Maywood this coming week, beginning on uh, Sunday. And if you can help with desserts, uh, desserts without icing, uh, such as brownies and cookies and Rice Krispie treats, these need to be individually wrapped. And if you can do that, please bring them to the Annex by this coming Friday. And uh, if you need some more information about that or have any questions about uh, camp, uh, you can see uh, and ask for the Stephen Hodgett. Uh, tomorrow is going to be our food pantry and clothes closet from 9 until 
10.30. We have an amazing group of people, a lot of people that are coming and working in that. If you haven't done so, I would invite you to come. Also, if you would like to help with the baby shower in honor of Lauren Brumley, uh, plan to meet on Sunday, July the 30th in the Little Chapel following our morning service. I also want to remind you of our fifth Sunday contribution coming up uh, in a little over two weeks on July 30th uh, for capital improvements. I hope we're going to be thinking about that over the next few days. For our devotional tonight, Anthony Acock is going to be leading our singing. No, right, yeah. Uh, and Brother Todd English is going to be leading our prayer. Mark number 939. 939 is the invitation. Then turn to number 589. 589. We'll sing the first and last verse. Ready? gardens are coming in. Uh, there's nothing like a delicious red ripe tomato on either Miracle Whip or Mayo with bread. Tomato sandwich. I mean, that's just one of the best things you can ever eat, uh, especially if you can get some purple whole peas to go with it. And with all the good productive gardens that people are having this year, I just wanted to briefly consider how we might be more productive uh, for Christ using this garden type of analogy uh, that I think all of us are familiar with. The first thing I might consider tonight as we think about being productive for Christ is we need to start with a healthy root. We need to become grounded in Jesus Christ and His Word. We need to make sure that He is the foundation of everything that we think, everything that we do, and 
we need to determine that we're going to establish strong roots in his word and establish ourselves in his principles. Secondly, after starting with a root, you need to grow a shoot. Now we know that a shoot is simply a new growth on a plant. And so in Christ Jesus, if we're going to be productive for him, we need to develop our talents. We need to always strive to grow in new directions. We need to keep on feeding on the nutrients of the Word of God and soak in the sunshine, the S-O-N, as we endeavor to become more like Jesus every single day. Grow in faith. Grow in spiritual maturity. And so you start with the root. You grow a shoot. And then, lastly, you produce much fruit. Now, with a solid foundation, constant intake of spiritual nutrients, growing in Jesus Christ, all these things can't help but to lead you to be productive in the work of God. And don't ever forget that we need to continually, individually and collectively, we need to strive to continue to expand in our work for the Lord and in productivity. I love the passage over in Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 6, where Paul said, As ye therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And then it says, Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So the next time you're out in the garden and maybe you're picking whatever you're picking and you're thinking about the productivity of uh, your garden, I hope you'll think about the importance of being productive in Christ Jesus. Start with the root, grow a shoot, and then you'll produce much fruit. It may be tonight that you're here and Maybe you're not being very productive for the Lord. Maybe you've allowed things to, to sidetrack you. Just like a garden, maybe you haven't been nourished with the spiritual nutrients that you need to be nourished with. And maybe you're drying up somewhat spiritually. And maybe there's some changes that you need to make tonight. If you're not a Christian, there, you've got to begin. You've got to be planted together with Christ Jesus. You need to become a simple New Testament Christian and you can do that tonight through your faith in Jesus as the Son of God. You then need to repent of your sins, determine to live for the Lord and as you confess the name of Jesus that He is the Son of God, you can be buried with your Lord in baptism, Romans 6, 3 and 4, and you can arise from that watery grave, a, a new plant, a, a new person in Christ Jesus, and you can begin your walk in service for Him. And so tonight, if we can help you in any way as we sing this song of encouragement, we ask that you come while we stand and sing.
Let us pray. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we humbly bow before you today, thanking you for the many blessings of this life. Lord, we thank you for sending your Son to die on the cruel cross of Calvary, that we may have a home in heaven with thee. Lord, I ask that you be with each of the names mentioned tonight in the prayer request. Lord, I ask that you be with each of the Bible class teachers and give them a ready recollection of what they've studied to lift up your word and your name. Lord, I ask that you watch over us, guide, guard, and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As the teachers leave for class, we'll sing the first line to number 895. 895. I'd like to stay here longer and pass the life that thing done. So glad for that and a little inconvenience. But I hope that you're having a spectacular week. And I will tell you that this will actually be the last class for this series related to the family. Next week, I'm going to be out of town at camp. And so I mentioned to Jeremy, hey, you know what? We haven't had one of those 
last Wednesday night of the quarter singings lately. So next week we're going to have a singing. Yay! Yay! So you can look forward to that. And if you're one of our song leaders, I would really appreciate you just let Jeremy know that you're available to lead singing. Okay? Nod your head this way. We will. Okay. Have several people who are sick that I'm going to mention. And if you have an update about them, I'd appreciate that. If they're well enough to take off the list, let's get them off of here, okay? I always rejoice in that. And then also at the end, if you have someone you'd like to add to this list, we will certainly put them on here because we want to pray for them. Irene Baker is Melinda Hester's mother. She has terminal cancer. She's experiencing a lot of pain with that now. Austin Wentz is undergoing treatments for cancer. Wade Davis is still missing after over a year. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Kelby Smith is Doug's dad. He has Parkinson's disease. Ben Roberts has cancer. Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Lex and Regina Crossan both have health problems. Marty Woodruff has cancer. And his wife has breast cancer. Eli Johnson is undergoing treatments for cancer. James Goddard has cancer. John Roten has Parkinson's. He seems to be doing pretty well responding to his treatment. Ann Langford is a friend of Lisa Peake. She has a lot of uh, physical problems right now. Emma Hutton has Hodgkin lymphoma. Paula Nichols has pancreatic cancer. Sharon Strickland has cancer. Grayson Miller has stage three cancer. Scotty Ennis had a stem cell transplant and is recovering. I'm, I'm hoping he's doing well. Paul Goldman has lymphoma. Uh, he's doing pretty well. Pat Moore has breast cancer. Teresa Bertram has pancreatic cancer. Laura is here tonight, and we're just waiting for the apple to drop. I mean, she is ready. And also uh, Lauren Brumley. She's about an, another month or so out from her delivery date. So we're very excited for them. Pray everything goes well. Linda Garrett, did she get her last treatment yet? Yeah, she's uh, toward the end of that. That's it takes its toll, and she also had a shingles here at the end. So good. Okay. Well, she's having radiation after this, right? Barbara Foster has breast cancer. Remember Dave and Lynette Woodrow, they're both dealing with some problems. Larry Muse has colon cancer. Lennox Kenimer's five years old, has leukemia. So Roy Taylor went in to have the stent, discovered he has kidney problems. So we've got to deal with the kidney problems before it can address the heart problem. Micah McBrayer's four years old. Parents are taking him for treatments at St. Jude. Joy Jamison is having to make some changes to make him a candidate for surgery that he needs. Sybil Tolleson is Jerry Ligon's neighbor, has Alzheimer's. Jerry Owens is undergoing rehab in Tupelo. Uh, Martha Eaton's recovering from several falls. I talked to her yesterday, and uh, 
she's recovering. She's so anxious to get back and be with all of us. Sherry Floyd uh, is recovering from uh, broken bones in her leg and some complications from that. Loxley Eaton is taking treatments for cancer. Callie Allison has seizures. Joanne Roberts has been experiencing extreme neuropathy. And uh, don't listen, Ben, but she wanted Ben on the list, too. He's not been feeling well lately. I'm sorry. She's forcing me. When I get there. Okay. <laughs> He'll ask when he gets there. So, peace. Randy Stutz. So he has uh, prostate cancer, went to Birmingham for an evaluation. They're going to put him right on the list. That's what I'm getting, Vicki. He, so he's anxious to get that. He's got a very, very good specialist dealing with it. So we're thankful for that. Pam Farr is waiting results from uh, pathology results. Bonnie Wanner's recovering from surgery. She was here with her tricked out cane on Sunday. Got leopard skin on it and everything. Had a matching bag to go with it, of course. Gabe George is Abby's brother. Uh, Abby's basically his caregiver, and it's very stressful for her. So please pray for that situation. Uh, Liz, how's, how's uh, your brother? Okay, good. He's home. Okay, that's great. Uh, Eddie Kraft has liver cancer, undergoing treatments. Treva Brown's brother Michael's undergoing tests. Adam Martin, who's Billy Martin's nephew, is recovering from injuries he sustained in a scooter accident. Michelle Latham, who's Chopper Taylor's daughter-in-law, had ankle surgery. She's had a lot of trouble with this ankle. Rudy Holland's dealing with prostate cancer, being evaluated. Madonna Cook, you know, she had surgery on her neck some time ago, but she had disc replacement surgery in the lower part of her back and some fusion done. That was yesterday. I imagine. Uh, Terry House, who's Lisa Hodgins' brother, he's in Tupelo Hospital. He has a collapsed lung as a result of a complication from another treatment he was having done on a lung. So, anyone else? Ken, if you would, um, Judy Rains. She is my sister-in-law's grandmother. Uh, she has been taken to ER to see that she's having some mobility issues that started yesterday. So, and Sam is babysitting as a result of that, is babysitting one of our nieces and one of our nephews this evening. So. Okay, we will definitely pray about that. Okay, you hear that? See? At least I hear it. Like the dentist office, which I may go to sleep because I love going to the dentist. I mean, I love it. So I'm going to try to stay awake for you tonight. Let's have our prayer and then we will begin our study together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your blessings today. Beautiful day. Thank you for just the great things you put in our path that we could experience and the good things that we could accomplish to your glory. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll 
bless us as we're striving to do things in your name. We recognize around us there are a lot of folks who are away, who are actually on vacation and, and other things. And we just pray, Lord, you'll bring them back safely. Uh, we pray for those folks who were sick. I know that uh, Rick wanders out tonight uh, due to his mother's situation. We just pray, Lord, that uh, she'll be well and Rick will be back with us real soon. We pray for Irene Baker, uh, Melinda's mother, and we pray just comfort and relief from the pain she's been experiencing. Pray for Austin Wentz as he goes through his treatments. Bless the Davis family in Wade's continued disappearance. Bless Bobby Petty who has cancer. Be with Kelby Smith that he will have good days. And please bless the care that he's receiving. We ask your blessings on Van Roberts who has cancer and Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Be with Lex and Regina Crossan as they both are experiencing health problems. Pray for Marty Woodruff and his wife Donna as both of them have cancer. Bless Eli Johnson who's undergoing a long series of treatments. We pray for James Goddard in his battle with cancer. We pray for John Roten that he'll continue to do well with his treatment for Parkinson's. We pray for Ann Langford that she'll get relief from her many health issues. Bless Emma Hutton who has cancer, Paul Nichols who has cancer, Sharon Strickland, Grayson Miller, Scotty Ennis, Paul Goldman, Pat Moore, Teresa Burcham, all of which have cancer and we just pray, Lord, relief for them and success with their treatments. Bless Laura Galloway as she nears delivery. We pray your blessings on her and the baby. And the same for Lauren as her pregnancy progresses. We ask, Lord, that you'll bless Linda Garrett as she is going through this series of treatments. And it's been very hard on her lately the complication of the shingles and we just pray Lord that she'll get through this that it's being effective and that the results will be uh, freedom from this cancer bless Barbara Foster who has breast cancer bless Dave and Lynette Woodrow as they're dealing with issues and help these things be resolved soon bless Larry Muse who has cancer and Lennox Kenimer has leukemia we pray for Roy Taylor as he's dealing with several complications in his health. We pray that everything can be identified and then resolved so that his strength will return to him. Bless Micah McBrayer and his family as they make trips to Memphis. We pray your blessings on Joy Jamison that his health situation would get better and we pray that the changes he needs to make, that he'll willingly make them. Bless Sybil Tolleson and her caregivers as she is dealing with Alzheimer's. Be with Jeremy Owens in his recovery. We pray that um, it will go well. Bless Martha Eaton that uh, she'll not fall anymore and be more careful and uh, be able to be back with us really soon. And bless Sherry Floyd as she recovers from her injuries. Bless Loxley Eaton, who has cancer, and Callie Allison, who's battling seizures. Pray that they're getting to the bottom of that.
Bless Joanne Roberts as she's unable to sense with her hands and her feet. And we just pray something can be done to help resolve that. And be with Ben that his health will be good. We pray for Randy Stutz as he's become a candidate for surgery. We pray it will be a huge success. Be with Pam Farr as she continues waiting for news about uh, her condition. Bless Bonnie Warner that she'll recover quickly from her surgery. Be with Gabe George in his recovery, but especially we think about Abby, who now has a lot of responsibilities on her. We pray, Lord, that you will bring the right people into her life that will help her to get him the kind of care that he needs. Bless Larry Richardson, and we're thankful that he's returned home. We pray for Eddie Kraft in his condition that uh, there's a treatment that will help resolve it. We pray for Trevor Brown's brother, Micah, as he's undergoing tests. Be with Adam Martin as he's recovering from his injuries sustained in his accident. Be with Michelle Latham as she recovers from ankle surgery. Pray for Rudy Holland who has prostate cancer. We pray for Madonna Cook as she recovers from this disc surgery. We pray that she'll get relief from the pain that she's experiencing right now. We pray your blessings on Terry House as he's had complications from a procedure. And we pray, Lord, that that can be resolved quickly and he can be back home. And we also pray for Judy Rains, who's in the ER with mobility issues. We pray that whatever's causing that can be discovered and that there's a, a quick remedy for it. But in the meantime, we pray for Sam, who's away from us tonight, trying to help in that situation. And we pray that not only you'll, you'll help her to... Uh, do a good job watching out for those children, but bless her for the good heart that she has to reach out and to help. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with us now as we are studying together and help us, help us to take actions that will be effective in helping us to tend to the families that you have blessed us with and help us in every circumstance, whether the past has been glorious in our families or not, help, help our generation to be the one that can lay a foundation that will be strong for generations to come. And uh, thank you for the unique position you put all of us in to be able to affect the lives of those who come after us. Thank you for uh, helping these folks that we've mentioned and thank you for being with us tonight in our discussion. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, just for fun, I brought some more of these. If anyone would like them, I have a stack. I'll, I'll not hand them out now, but uh, if you would like some of these copies, there are six different categories that we've looked at through this study. There are 10 evaluation questions related to each of those categories where you effectively determine whether that is a strong suit in your family or it is an area that you need to give some attention to, an area in which you need to grow. It's just simply an evaluation for your purposes, but we are using that kind of as a platform from which to continue our discussion. And my hope is 
my hope is that you will take what we discuss here and implement it. I don't just, my intention is never just to come up here and give you some information. I mean, I want you to have the information, sure, but I want you to do something with it. And that's really what we're talking about as we're ending our discussion related to tending our families. And that is, okay, so we made, made an assessment. And if you went through the process yourself, which I hope you will in turn then extend to your whole family, give everybody in your family an opportunity to respond, see the survey, give their evaluation of where you are. Uh, once you've done that, then remember that, okay, so kind of saw where we were. If we've got large percentage of strong areas, great. But if there are areas that are uh, lagging behind, then I want to give some attention to it. It's a good thing to step back, as we talked about last week, and dream a little bit. Have a little bit of vision about where you are now, but where you want to be. I, I don't want to stay here forever. If there are things that are amiss, I want to see changes. So I want to envision what the family is going to be like once some things change. And maybe it's going to result in a wholesale change so that what it's going to be doesn't even look like what it is right now. If we can just dream about it, have a picture in our mind, have a hope in us of the way that we want things to be, then we will have gone a long way already since we visualized it and spoken it, given it some legs, we've gone a long way to putting some things into place. And then when we finished up last time, we took it a step further because then what we wanna do is to choose some very specific goals, probably drawn out of those categories. I, I tried to identify those areas that are going to be, I think, uh, most important for developing a, a very God-centered family unit. And so a lot of things that we're talking about here as specific goals are going to be things that will probably derive out of that. And I asked, I asked for your input, and here, here were four things that were mentioned immediately. So yeah, absolutely, we want to be faithful in our relationship it, with one another, faithful to one another, but also in our relationship to God. And we want to speak. When we speak, uh, we want to, I, I think I referenced Ephesians 4 verse 29, where, you know, we want to speak not with words that cut and tear down, but we want to use words that help build up and encourage one another. We want to be that, want to be that oasis in the desert of this world where our family members can come and find relief, right? They don't want to be, they don't want to be thinking, boy, when I get home, I'm just going to get it some more. I mean, not that. We want to, want to have a home setting where people can find some degree of relief. Uh, somebody said, well, we need to be honest. You know, in our relationship with one another, we need to speak the truth. And whether that is helpful or someone speaks the truth and it's harmful. At least we know what the truth of the matter is. And with truth comes empowerment, right? Even if it's something we don't want to hear or something that's disappointing to us in the behavior of somebody, at least 
we know that what they have to say is true. Now, I don't know what your children are like. We had three children and they were all three different from each other in, in every kind of way. In fact, even their hair color was different. We always said that we had a Neapolitan family because we had a son that had dark brown hair, chocolate. Then we had a blonde headed girl, vanilla. And then we had a red headed son, strawberry. And so like our Neapolitan family, but every single one of them had a very different personality. And, and I mentioned to you the experience that we had with our son, Drew, and that is that when we had our gathering, evaluating our family when they were young, he was just like, you know, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it's, it's fair. I don't feel like I'm getting, you know, uh, an equal uh, part in this family like my brother and sister. Now, you could argue with him all day that that's not how it is, but that's how he felt that it was. And so then we tried to take steps to make it better. The reason I mentioned Drew right now is this honesty thing. Of all our children, and again, I mentioned all three of them are different. If you ask Casey, Casey could hem and haul around about things and eventually get to it, maybe. Troy was the kind of guy who was always in denial about everything. For instance, if I caught him doing something, I say, Troy, why did you do this or that? He said, Dad, I, I didn't do that. I was like, <laughs> Troy, I know you did it because I was standing right here and I saw you do it. He said, you don't believe me. I said, no, I don't, I don't believe you because I saw you do it. You don't believe me. You don't. I mean, he was just Mr. Denial. Drew, you really don't want to ask him unless it was really serious because Drew would literally tell you everything about every circumstance. In fact, if he wasn't in trouble, he would get himself in trouble just by, just by the practice of revealing honestly too much. I just didn't want to deal with it because I didn't want to hear all of the stuff that he was going to tell. All that stuff's going to shake out of that tree. But honesty is an important part of having a unified and loving relationship with your family. And then this last one was actually one of our general categories. In fact, it was the fourth one in the list, and that is time together. We need to be sure that we spend enough time uh, loving one another and getting to know one another and hearing about the experiences of our lives. Now, as regards general things, and we're, I say general, I want us to be specific, but these are pretty general categories we're trying to choose specific goals. So what are, are there any other things as you thought through this week that, boy, you know what? Here is something that we ought to really give some attention to. Anything other than these that are on this list? I would just say that, um, that this is, you've already got it up there, time together, but, you know, it changes as your marriage, you know, you have your you're first married and then when you have kids and all that devotion and time spent with them and then as they start to get into teenage years and don't really want to do things with you you're still there but then when they leave the home it is totally different you know and okay that's an excellent point time together 
fluctuates, doesn't it? I mean, when they're little children, they're right there in the home. Now, uh, many of you know, we wanted to move into this area because it put us in arm's length of all of our children. And then one of them moved to Charleston, South Carolina. So now what do we have to do? You know, we still want to be together. Yes, don't we? We would go. I remember when our kids were little, that woman sitting there beside uh, Anita, Ruth, her and Carl drove uh, at least every other month, a 12 hour trip from West Virginia just to come see the grandkids. That's how I felt it was to see the grandkids. Those grandkids will make you do just about anything. But you understand, that's why we have these evaluations, right? We do that because we want to examine how it is now. What worked before may not be working now. Is everybody okay? You know, uh, how do you feel? Are you getting enough attention? What, uh, do you feel like you're neglected? We, we need to be able to evaluate our relationships and the time being spent but that is a relative thing, right? Before, it seemed like uh, a, lot, a lot of the time that Anita and I had together was very minimal because we spent so much time with the kids. Now that the kids are gone, it's like we're, we're reintroducing ourselves to one another. So things change as time goes forward. Did anybody have any other kind of goal that you thought, hey, this would be great to add to our list here. Okay, good talk. Really good, good talk. Okay, so what we want to do now is we want to develop an action plan. Now, we're going to go through it here, but this is what you want to do in your family. So, Ken, what do you mean an action plan? I was thinking about James chapter 1 and verse 22, where James says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Okay. It sounds a lot like the way Jesus finished up the Sermon on the Mount, right? Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them is the wise man. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is the foolish man. That's the same idea. So I hear what I ought to do. I could have gone through this whole, we've been talking about this for three months. You say, yeah, the, I agree with that. Okay, but things change in our family. So we're at the point of evaluation. I say, wow, here's a survey or um, some questions that you could ask your family members, get feedback. This is just a tool so that you can begin to evaluate where your family is right now. What is my expectation of that? What's Ken's expectation? My expectation is, man, these people are taking these things in there and they are having these, these uh, sit downs with their families and they're getting an idea of where they are. And, and I, hope that's, I hope that's true because what we hear that is helpful, we need to put into practice. We need to act on it. Okay, so here's what we want, here's what we want to do. Number one, with regard, and let's just as an example, let's use the categories that we have already identified here. What we want to do is to develop a list. And out of that list, and there might be 20 different things that are great ideas, but out of that list, we're going to develop a, oops, we're going to develop a top 10. 
those things that are of most urgency that we want to deal with in our families. Here's a great thing in business. You have these business meetings. And I remember when I was talking with the elders here, they were talking about elders meetings. And I said, I'm all for elders meetings. Great. I am not for meetings where we just sit around and talk about nothing. I mean, I, I don't like to waste time like that. Any of you like to waste time like that? No. So if we have a meeting, I just, you know, let's stay focused. I, I want to make sure that what we do is have meetings that are productive and helpful. But here's what I think is productive. Not just that we sit and talk about it. Hey, oh, great. We've all answered the survey. I see that some of you say these are strengths. Oh, we've got an area that we need to grow. Uh, thank you, child number one. Really appreciate that observation. But then you just kind of go off and forget all about it. Like we dealt with it, but we didn't deal with it. The way we deal with things like we do in an elders meeting or any other kind of business meeting that's productive is, yeah, we have a discussion. We talk about the things that are urgent and need attention. And then we develop a list. We say, now, uh, so-and-so, you're going to take care of this thing that we have identified. And then you, you you're going to take the second thing. However, however urgencies there are, we need to have someone who's accountable or who is responsible to see to it that that thing is taken care of. Now, the same thing happens in our families. I say, for instance, well, we want to be more faithful. Okay, is there, is there anything more generic than to say we just need to be more faithful? What specifically can we do if we're going to be more faithful in our families? Okay, let's make it our goal. Maybe we're like, the reason we felt that way is because, you know what, there are some times where maybe we just, we don't go. We don't go to church services. Uh, we skip out for whatever reason. If that's the problem, then what we do is we identify, we need to more, be more faithful. And so we're going to do better with our attendance. Okay, now, that's not helpful just to write it down. What are we going to intend to do now? Do it. Uh, when Sunday comes, where are we going to be? Okay. Well, when Wednesday night comes, oh boy, we're busy or we've had a hard day, but we've already, we've made this commitment as family. What are we going to do? We're going to be there. Okay. That's, that's great. Um, what else? In regard to thinking. Ken, one thing. You've got the box that you watch at church. Yes. That's, that stops a lot of people. I believe. You mean? For okay. coming to church. Yeah, being able to watch it online. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. That could, now, there are some people can't get in a car. I mean, they've, you know, I'm, peace on that. But we have to evaluate our situation, right? Is that legitimate? Is that really what's holding me? Or is it, it's convenient, you know? It's convenient and, and it's what I want to do. Because I can tell you there is nothing like being together with the family itself, right? Because there's more that we do than simply go through a worship service. Part of our fellowship is also an aspect of our relationship together. We, we build one another up, yes? It certainly is. I'm very thankful that 
we have the technology to be able to do it. Yes, yes, but let's, let's make sure that doesn't become a crutch or an, an excuse to us, okay? Uh, anything else? What, what else can I implement in terms of my... How about this? You remember I told you about Joe Hansel? Joe Hansel and Millie from uh, Samoa, who that whole nation has Bible study every night. I mean, they ring the bell. Everybody in the nation stops whatever it is they're doing and they have a Bible study. So he comes over here and I'm ashamed, right? Because he's visiting me. I, we're not having it. And he's like, well, let's have one. Wow. I was just like, what in the world? Well, if I'm going to be more faithful, would it be helpful if, if I were more into Bible study? And how about this? How about regular Bible studies with the family? It doesn't have to be an hour long. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes long. If you spent 15 minutes just getting together and just kind of deprogramming from the day, just letting it down and talking about, you know, what, what good, what blessings, what blessings happened today? Uh, how did you see God working in what you were doing today? What kind of opportunities did God put in our path? I mean, here, here are ways in which we become more faithful. There are several uh, <clears throat> devotional books, family devotional books yeah. that are available that, uh, that you can use for that. You yeah, don't have to come up with it on your own. There are all kinds of resources. Yeah, yeah. don't think, well, I don't, you know, I might could come up with one or two and you know, again, it might just be it might just be one of those deals where we just go around the room and say, how, how has God blessed you today? Would that not be helpful to everybody in that room? I think it would be. OK, let's talk about speaking. How, how does we say, boy, it'd be great, you know, speak. We're going to speak kind of things. But what are the things that are amiss that we need to be more careful with regard to our speech? What could be a goal for the future? Can't think of not one thing. No unkind words. <laughs> okay, no unkind words. You know, no, no insults. What else? What? Prayer. A prayer. Prayer. Did you say prayer? Yeah. Um, should our families be praying together? You say, well, we pray at the dinner table. How long does that prayer last and what's it got in it? You know, what about those prayers where, again, you maybe in your devotional, you just simply went around the room and say, what happened today? Or maybe somebody had a really traumatic experience today. Well, you know, okay, uh, thanks, for, thanks for sharing. Now let's go back to TV. What are we be able to do? Stop right there and yeah, pray about it. That's excellent. That also gets to this one up here too, right? Oh, uh, what about honesty? How can we encourage one another to be more honest? What kind of action can we take?
Huh? Okay, communicating, uh, share, you know, just um, sharing what's going on with your life. One of the worst things is to hear some, uh, someone that you love or you're close to share with someone else something that's happened to them and that's the first time you heard it. You ever had that happen before? I mean, that is like, wait, what? I mean, that's shocking to us. And so sh being more open and sharing your experience, what's happening with you, uh, helps, helps in that regard. Anything else? Actions to take with regard to honesty. When they are honest, if you hit them with the hammer, what's going to happen next time? Too painful. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what's going on with me in my life because when I do, all you do is, well, I've heard this a million times. You preach to me. Okay. Here is one of my terrible faults. And that is oftentimes my my kid, especially when they were home, my kids would come to me. Really, what I learned from Anita was all they really wanted to do is just share with you what was going on. They really weren't coming and asking you for advice. But that's kind of my game. And so when my kids would come and tell me something, first thing I would do is pop in to give advice gear. And then my kind of advice would be biblically based. And so you ask my kids today, what kind of it? They'll be like, he just, you know, scripture after scripture. That's not what they wanted to hear. They probably wanted me to just sit there and go like this. Now, I am so inclined to give my opinion about the thing, but people don't always want your opinion. How many counseling sessions have I been with someone who wanted to get my opinion about the thing? Guess what? I never gave them my opinion because they worked it out in that seat they were sitting in because they just were able to freely express it. If you stop them with some kind of evaluation or criticism, that is going to end the free communication. So if someone's gonna share something, even something that's very traumatic, we just need to let them speak it and try to see it from their perspective. Uh, how much do you know about me? Honestly, you know very little about me. You know about what I think when I preach or you sit in Bible classes and, and you hear things that I say and I share a little bit about my family, but there's a lot about me and my family you, you have no idea about. So a lot of times we size people up just by the little tidbits of things that they say. And then when they do say something that's meaningful to them, maybe sharing something they've never shared with us before, we use, we use the perspective of what we think we know about them. And then we start judging what's coming out of their mouth. That is not always, in fact, very rarely would that be very helpful. Okay. Anything else? What about time together? How can, how can we, looking forward, set up some things that will result in us spending more time together? 
Yeah, that's true. No gossip. Yeah. Make sure it stops with you. Right. You don't become, you don't become the live conduit through which that little personal information flows to everybody else. Um, because that is another sure way to stop the communication. Uh, what about taking a vacation? I'm the world's worst about this too. I guess this is just my uh, catharsis, but. Pardon? Yeah, vacations are, are great. You remember those times. I mean, you think back, you remember home life, but vacations are special. And so you remember, wow, I remember when we took that trip to so-and-so or what we did. It's exciting. The kids absolutely remember it. I think I told you, I, I, 